Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being a dude here on the Draft News Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. We are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We had a whole lot of football happen this weekend. We got a whole lot to talk about here. Kyle, welcome. It's rivalry week, Joe. For me and you. Rivalry, rivalry, yes. Bills, Dolphins, six days from now. Uh, what do you, okay. Um, I didn't know you'd want to talk about this at all this week. So this is interesting for you to, for it to be the first thing out of your mouth. I mean, I'm just playing it up a little bit. Like yeah. everybody loves a good conflict, right? Yeah. A little bit of drama between the hosts of the show. The, well, we, we just found out this morning, the bills are wearing all red. Um, oh, it's game over. You guys are winning by 600 now. You, do you like those? I do. I wish they wore white pants with the red Jersey, but I do like them as well. Now, will they wear the throwback logos decal no, with that? It'll, it'll be their normal helmet with a red jersey and probably red pants. And you know they're fucking up by doing that. What? Not wearing the throwback? They should They should be wearing... Helmet's white, right? It's always white, yeah. They should wear the white helmet with just the, the red retro buffalo, gray face mask, and all reds. Listen, be I, the bat would be the best uniform in the NFL. I'm telling the, you right now. The Bills would would double the the spread that they currently have. If the 16 that. and a half point yeah. spread. Yeah. No. The last <laughs> time the Bills had a 16 and a half point spread was uh, the Jets in 1992. They lost the game. So no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. The Dolphins are getting ready to turn the corner here. They're right there on the doorstep. I know. I know. And I let's get into it. My, I I want to know. I don't know the answer to this. What was going through your head here? 17-16, going for two to win the football game. Were you hoping that they didn't convert? Were you wanting it to happen? Had to be like the ultimate, like, just weird emotion. I want to hear about your your thoughts when that was going on. Yeah, so as, as a guy who's kind of bought into the prospect of what Miami's doing, of tear it down, no pain, no gain, team's going to stink this year. If you're going to commit the stink, commit to stink like out loud. And that's what the Dolphins have done. And you knew coming into this game, well, Washington sucks pretty bad too. The unique thing here is they're trying to win the game. And for most of the game, 40 minutes, Washington just straight up dominated Miami. And then Brian Flores pulls the plug on Josh Rosen. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But I thought Rosen told you the most about his status as a player in this game versus any other game he's played so far in Arizona or in Miami. Um, So in close to 20 starts, I thought this was the most eye-opening game from Rosen for me on what he is versus what he isn't. Fitzpatrick's comes in and it's like, oh God, like didn't Fitzpatrick ruin the Bills chances at a number one pick at one point? Um, I I don't think. When did they pick Darius? That was the same year Cam came out. Uh, the Bills were like three and thirteen that year, but Panthers were like one and fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but but Fitzpatrick didn't they win like two out of their last four games or something like oh, that? They, they may have. I I don't. Re- it's not as fresh to me. I don't remember. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of studies on tanking, so I'm pretty <laughs> familiar with 
with uh, the the Fitzmagic and impact that it took on uh, throughout his career. And, and Buffalo was a team that was at least contending, maybe would not have ended up picking number one to get Cam Newton, but Fitzpatrick won them games. I said, oh God, here we go. And sure enough, he ignites the offense. Uh, they go down the field. They scored, Joe, they had not scored a second half point at all this season. They oh. scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Whoa. You didn't know that? No. By the time the Dolphins scored um, their first touchdown, a Kalen Balazs touchdown run, they had been outscored at that point in the second half of games, 91 to nothing. Ooh, bad. Through four and a half games, four and three quarter games. So we get down, they score the final touchdown to Parker, and I'm just waiting for the pick to come, right? And uh, they line up for two. And it's it's kind of like house money, because if they win, it's like, okay, like in the grand scheme of things, it's one win. Washington will probably still at some point down the line find a way to steal a game or two. Like this isn't the end of the, the quest for the number one pick. But then on the other hand, it, it sure would be nice mostly for the Draft Network's mock draft machine, to have Miami one pick higher up in the draft order, right? Mm -hmm. So Drake drops the ball, and and it was kind of just like, okay, business as usual, let's continue, just because I've mentally resided to the fact that they they will not win a game. Um, But it wasn't like I was like white knuckles on the chair, like, please, God, you have to miss the two-point conversion. But you texted me right away. You said, oh, God. And I, I had to laugh just because it's it's such a weird position to be in. I can tell you that I don't want to lose the Miami Dolphins this week. What would you do if they did? I, I mean, I'd be really disappointed. I, I, I don't want to be like you've seen some really bad uh, Cowboys uh, tweets that have resurfaced going into the Jets game. Oh, the nuclear you know, meltdown. Well, yeah, going in, but they were like, all the all the Cowboys have to do to beat the Jets is show up, you know, like stuff like well, that. They said it, it would it would have to take something catastrophic for yeah. the Cowboys to lose yeah. to the New York Jets. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't need that sound bite in my life. I don't need that take in my life. I'm just telling you right now, I'd be disappointed. But you're insinuating. Yeah. Would, would you be angry? I don't know. I don't know that I've ever been angry. Like, angry is a big word for me. I don't. Football doesn't make me mad, like angry. Do I make you angry? I would never let you know the answer to that question, Kyle. If the Dolphins beat the Bills, what is the likelihood of me making you angry? Because you know I will be insufferable. Yeah, but I'll, I mean, I'll tune, I tune, I've learned to tune, <laughs> out, you know what I mean? Like, I won't Not give all you, the time, most of the time. I won't give you the satisfaction of knowing how I really feel. That's what I've, that's what I've learned in, all the time we've spent together and talked together that there's just certain times I don't need to let you know how I feel about things. Bottom line bills will win by 11. Okay. Let me take, I'll take it right now. Um, Games that did happen this weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, let's well, see listen, yeah. I want to talk real quick. I know this is something that we were forwarded for takes on takes, but I was interested in getting your reaction to it. Um, yeah. Lawrence Tynes and oh. his uh, take if you will, on Tua Tunga Viola. Yeah, what Did was it that he's not? Take? Go ahead. Let me, let me, I want my producer to pull up the actual quote because I don't want to misquote him here because he was very aggressive with his verbiage. Uh, here's what he had to say. 
The tank for Tua thing is a joke, right? This cat will not be a starter in the NFL. No way, no how. I take him in the fifth to seventh round as a backup at best. Great kid, but he is all hype on a superior team with superior talent. I mean, I disagree with him very significantly, but I think I think this kind of ties into an overall discussion that I think stems out of this weekend when it comes to not just like college football quarterback prospects, but the younger quarterbacks in the NFL and, and the expectations and people. I mean, it's not like people live and die like game to game or like even drive to drive. It's like throw to throw with these young quarterbacks. They suck. They don't suck. They're the answer. They're not the answer. They throw a pick. You know, like it's it's unbelievable to me. And like maybe Tua didn't have his best game against Texas A&M, but he still played really well. And I, I don't know. Like I, I think we have to be smarter about the way we react to things and look at sample sizes that are worth looking into and extrapolating information from there as opposed to, oh my God, he was, you know, three feet behind him on this slant pattern. It caused an incompletion. Oh my God, he'll never be able to run an NFL offense or, you know, insert whatever young NFL quarterback you want in the same context. Like this stuff takes time. It's really hard to play quarterback in the NFL. Everything's not perfect all the time. It's not a throw to throw or even a week to week thing. These guys need time to develop. And I think we've been spoiled in a lot of ways by seeing some really elite quarterbacks right now and the standard for these quarterbacks can't be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or even Peyton Manning or some of these players, Drew Brees, that have been coming through. That's unreasonable. You have to let them evolve, let these teams build around them, and give them a chance to really prove themselves instead of living and dying, throw to throw, tweet to tweet. And I just, I, I don't get the biggest thing with Tua right now, and like he – Tynes went on to talk about this a little bit later on in this, the, the replies to this tweet. People saying you, you can't possibly evaluate him because of how easy things are around him with the skill players that he has. Like, really? You're, you're completely incapable of <laughs> extrapolating certain plays that are going to show certain things. And... I'm telling you right now, there's going to be people in the NFL that don't like Tua. Or they're going to push back on Tua, or they won't have Tua as QB1. And you better mentally prepare yourself for it, because you're going to see a lot of mental gymnastics, a lot of people trying to talk themselves into other things. Let's not make this harder than it is. There's a certain intangible factor. Uh, The ease in which it looks for Tua isn't just because everybody around him is good. It's because that's what good quarterbacks do. They make hard things look easy. And that's exactly what Tua has done for two years now. Two years in a game now, for the most part. And I'm sure if LSU comes out and LSU beats Alabama 28-24 and Tua throws 65% completion, two touchdowns and two interceptions, the world's going to melt down. And I liked what you said, stop living play-to-play and throw-to-throw because like, It'll suffocate you when you have to take the entire body work. And the entire body work is, from an intangibles perspective, work within the pocket, extended playability, field vision. It's all there. You just have to look for it. So don't watch the four plays that SportsCenter puts on to highlight the (laughs) Alabama game and say, wow, he threw that ball four yards down the field and the guy took it 70 yards the rest of the way. Yeah, and I don't know what talent around you has to do with comfort when things break down around you in terms of being able to handle pressure and 
being calm in those situations and come out with really good decisions. And that's always been my favorite thing about Tua. I think we continue to see that from him. Let's talk about some games, Joe. <laughs> but before we do, we tell you about our sponsor, Blue Chew. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for you. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Kyle, so let's do talk about some games. What's the first one on your mind here? San Francisco, L.A. Yeah. This was a game we talked about. If L.A. drops this game, they're in big trouble. And Joe, the Rams are in big trouble. Uh, San Francisco, it was funny. You sent me a lot of, like, the offensive production Mm-hmm. Like the, that, that snippet of the box score, the passing summary and the rushing summary for San Francisco. And you're like, does this look like the box score of a team that won by two touchdowns on the road? And the answer is no, <laughs> but San Francisco's defense, the Rams have a big problem in the offensive line right now. And uh, with the way Jared Goff operates, I think this is a crippling Achilles heel for the Rams that, you know, coming into the season, we didn't necessarily foresee it being this prominent of an issue. But San Francisco's front defensively and their ability to rush the passer, it's for real. And uh, I already owned up a week ago on this show to being too low on the 49ers coming into the season and since issued my apology to San Francisco, so please don't get after me this week. But uh, you you can't walk away from that game and come away with any other takeaway other than San Francisco still undefeated they did not play their best offensive game of the season and they still physically dominated the LA Rams it's a line of scrimmage game man and I thought I thought maybe the 49ers had enough of their own holes on the offensive line that LA could take advantage of and that didn't prove to be the case I mean San Francisco ran the ball 41 times for 99 yards so it wasn't like they just completely like was one of those take your soul type games, but it kind of felt like they went that way at times because of situational or rushing. And then just being able to kind of, kind of get horizontal at times that set up, you know, those wide zone runs and stuff. And so uh, they, they ran the ball really hard and uh, controlled the line of scrimmage, both sides of the football. Obviously the pass rush continues to show up four sacks of Jared Goff sit, uh, hit a whole bunch of other times. I mean, Jared Goff passed for 78 yards, Kyle. It was 13 to 24 for 78 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but you know Todd Gurley wasn't available in this game. The Rams couldn't get the ball moving on the ground, and uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Aaron Cromer was the right offensive line coach, and maybe he is to to really 
try to get this team to be able to move on from Saffold and Sullivan. And they had no boom and Allen in the mix. Like it's, they're not first, they're not like rookies, right? They had time in the system. They knew who they had. They had opportunities to improve the offensive line. And they said, no, we like Cromer with Allen and no boom. And we got problems here for this offensive line. It's completely suffocating this offense. Mm-hmm. What about you? <laughs> Did I miss a joke there? No, you asked me what game stood out to me. Oh, <laughs> so now I'm asking you what game stood out to you. Well, I want to I want to talk about uh, Carolina Panthers because we were actually asked about this as well from the sports nut. Just this overarching thing here with Kyle Allen continuing to win football games, four and zero as the Panthers starter, one and zero last year. You know, Cam, you look at him over the last him and Tyler Heineke over the last nine games. They haven't produced a win for this team. The offensive production is very different. When you look at the the team quarterback by Allen versus the team quarterback by uh, Heineke slash Newton, but obviously Newton carrying most of those wins, and you know there's a there's a big decision to make here. I mean, Carolina came out and yeah, uh, you know Tampa Bay's run defense is good this year. They actually did a good job of limiting McCaffrey. I mean, overall only uh, 59 rushing yards and 29 carries for the entire Panthers team. But you know the the obviously five Jameis Winston turnovers plays heavily or actually six if you count the fumble five five interceptions but kind of bringing this back to the Panthers and and what they're able to do right now with Kyle Allen you know the the course back to Cam Kyle I I get I I have a hard time identifying it and I'm not just trying to be a victim of the moment but I've sat here and watched this team and this fan base want for Cam Newton to be healthy since 2015 and they haven't gotten it there's been no evidence that Cam Newton is able to stay healthy for any extended period of time. And, uh, I, I mean, he's an aging quarterback. He's north of 30. He's always been reliant on his physical dra- traits to uh, to be able to compete. And, you know, like everyone says, well, if he's 100% healthy, if Cam can be Cam, then he should be the starter. Absolutely. I will never fight you on that. But what makes you believe that we're going to get there? I mean, there's even talks about this diet that he has on and how it's really limiting his ability to bounce back from injuries. I am not a scientist or a dietitian or anything like that, so I can't really speak on those things. But Carolina's got a big decision to make here coming out of the bye where it's perceived potentially Newton could be healthy enough to play, and Kyle Allen's got this team rolling. They're 4-0. If the, if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. So I don't know. Like I, I don't have any reason to believe Cam's going to be fully healthy this year. They got a big decision to make. He's a free agent after 2020. I think if they keep him, they owe him 22 million. They can cut him and save 20. Right? There's a big decision to make there. And um, I don't know how you go back to Cam unless you. I don't. And I don't know how you measure that. I don't know how you know for sure he's 100. percent But my goodness, I'd be really cautious to go back to him. Right? Because the only way you're going to find out is to put him in a game. <laughs> and um... does Rivera have the guts to yank him though? He didn't, Kyle. We knew he wasn't healthy in that Tampa Bay game that Thursday night week two. And oh, Rivera left him in there Ron, because he believed Ron Cam was him. healthy. Ron, Ron asked him, are you good? And Cam said yes. But I'm not defending the decision to do it. I'm just telling you that, I mean, that was something Cam openly talked about when he had his sit-down video to talk about a situation. Well, that's what I'm he saying. Said, he, he said, coach asked me if I was good, and I should have said no, but I said yes. Ron Rivera's got to be able to know that he's, they've been around each other since 2011. I understand that. You've got to be able to know your player and have the guts to say, 
man, you're killing us out there. I know you say you're healthy, but nothing that I can see with my eyes tells me that you're healthy. One point of information, the Panthers would be the seventh seed at four and two because of a tiebreaker. They would be not be in. So I'd say they would be in the playoffs, but they're right on the doorstep. Wow. Joe Marino, procure of fake news. Yeah, listen, I corrected myself in the moment. <laughs> Listen, I want to piggyback off of this point because you made a great point about Carolina and, and where they're at and where they're positioned and the fact that they lost a Tampa game, Bay game week two that if a healthy Kyle Allen plays, you probably win the football game, right? So th- that would put you at five and one. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen are combined eight and oh. <laughs> Taking over for Drew Brees and Cam Newton in the NFC South. Let me ask you a question. I want to ask you a question about the NFC. Mm-hmm. As of right now, six weeks into the season, who would you pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? Do I got a healthy Drew Brees? We're assuming that's the case, yes. That's my pick. And that's my pick, too, because the rest of this Saints team has really stood up, Joe. Mm-hmm been really impressive to see what they do defend have done defensively we talked you and i talked on friday and i said if i were to pick a likely upset i would pick jacksonville over new orleans because i think jacksonville can make just enough explosive plays happen well it was a seven point ball game and Gardner Minshew looked like the mid-round rookie that he is for the first time i mean you can you can dispute Carolina forcing him into three fumbles lost in week five in a 34-27 loss for Jacksonville. He looked like a a mid-round rookie then, but he still passed for 374 yards and two touchdowns without any interceptions. New Orleans put the clamps on him. They sacked him twice. Uh, They picked him off. He completed less than 50% of his passes, under six yards per pass attempt. Uh, What's... What New Orleans has been able to do all around as a team, like Alvin Kamara's banged up right now too. And they still keep winning football games. It's incredible the run that this team is on because the defense is stepping up. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's important, right? Like, that's the NFL, man. Everyone wants to talk about not being healthy. Nobody's healthy. Everyone's got guys out. Right. And I think that that's where – that's where some of the stuff that we talked about a lot in the offseason about culture and stuff like that, like – that's where it really starts to matter, you know, and, and I think good teams are able to overcome those injuries. And you're seeing, I mean, the saints with the most significant injury being able to come in and not miss a beat. And I mean, the season's not derailed at all, Kyle, not even a little, they're, they're, they're five and one. They're, they're, they're going to have right. a bye if they're, things ended right. Keep now. rolling. Right. Keep rolling. And they're, I mean, they, now they got to play Carolina twice, but, you know, they're game up, they're game up in that division. And I mean, you like their chances. I mean, even, even with Cam at his best, this team struggled with the Saints. And Drew is scheduled to be back by the time they play the first time. Yeah. So we'll be really fascinating. That's, I mean, that this is developing into one of the more fascinating divisional races in football. Here's, and let's keep it on that race because I was listening to Chris McClain. He's the fabulous uh, morning radio host here in Charlotte. Uh, talk about this situation uh, this morning. And his, his main point was about going back to cam was if you needed something extra in a football game, somebody with the higher ceiling to make big plays in critical moments, you get that more from cam 
than you do Kyle Allen. And that was his concern. Like the Panthers can get by, they can win games, the remainder of teams good enough. But in those critical moments when something is extra is truly needed from a quarterback, that Cam Newton would be the guy that would help them win those types of games. That's what that's what his big foundation of his of his argument was. Well, I think that's fair. But I think you're going to find out a lot about the Panthers and what their situation is in the next five games because they play the 49ers in San Francisco, they play the Packers in Green Bay, yeah. and they play the Saints in New Orleans. Yeah, that's huge. That's a defining. As three of their next five games. Jesus, that's defining right there, man. They get a layup with the Falcons who are just falling Shoot. apart. And they get the Titans, who we don't even know who the starting quarterback is of the Titans anymore, Joe. And Mariota came into this week without having thrown an interception on the year. Yeah, but I think that's, that stat is impressive, but it's also been the problem with Mariota. More right. th- it's indicated that he never takes any he risks. Won't. With and he just doesn't get – and he, I, like, he was leading the NFL in going into the Buffalo game, and I'm sure it's higher now. He was going, lead, going into the uh, – leading the NFL in amount of time in the pocket before throwing. Like the highest percentage of throws – over two and a half seconds holding on to the football in the pocket. I mean, I know which is crazy because that that's nowhere close to what he was at Oregon. He's got plenty of physical talent, man, and he should be somebody's bridge quarterback next year. He really should, right? Kind of like how Ryan Tannehill's going to end up being the bridge quarterback for the Titans. <laughs> yeah, just because you can't, it can't be Mariota, right? But if you're, right. I don't know, if you're Miami, if you're, I don't know, uh, Cincinnati, bring in Mariota. Until your guy's ready. Pay him fifteen million. I mean that's what it's gonna cost, right? Like I, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. We had three separate games where this happened. Um the Titans game, Tannehill was or Mariota was terrible. They pulled him in the fourth or in the midway at the end of the third quarter. Um the Dolphins game was Rosen was terrible. They pulled him midway through the third quarter. Wasn't there another one, or, or was it only our two? Quarterback got yanked. Uh, I know Baker went yeah. to the, to, to, but he didn't get yanked. He was banged up for a minute. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but you just like, what a weird, what a weird world you live in, where you're down thirteen nothing. Both of these teams were down two touchdowns, and yanked yanked their quarterbacks, looking for a spark. Remember when when people tried to tell us Denver was going to be in the running for the first pick? Was that really a thing? Yeah, of course it was a thing. There's fan bases of every fan base that are going to be on either <laughs> end of the spectrum. But Denver's now two and four. They beat the Titans. Wheels are falling off the Titans pretty quickly here, Joe. Very quickly. And, and Titans were kind of a team I believed in, but I don't know. Maybe I was just an idiot for expecting any type of growth for Marcus Mariota. I think Arthur Smith... Their offensive coordinator deserves a lot of blame, but they're, I mean, their defense is playoff caliber. I think they have good enough weapons by name. You think their offensive line's good. It's just playing like crap together, right? Like that right guard situation is killing them. This Nate Davis, uh, Jamil Douglas rotation they have going there. And honestly, maybe Lewin and Conklin are just overrated bumps. And Saffold's played bad this year for them. Well, Conklin's Conklin hasn't, hasn't been good. Like he was probably the worst all pro of all time when he was named, uh, (laughs) All pro offensive tackle as a rookie in 2015. Uh, they gave him a ton of help. Um, do you remember? But who do would you remember who the Titans who would have guessed, the first round pick this year, Kyle? Yeah, defensive tackle that's not going to play a snap for him. I mean, I got palms in the air right now. 
I don't know, man. And and that's not to say Simmons may not end up being a very good pick. But when you, th- but how ma- how many people currently on this staff are going to be here to see it come to that's, fruition? That's the question. I don't know. Mike Vrabel in year one got this team to nine wins. I don't. Well, he's a crap situational manager of games too. I don't know. Um, it feels weird to me because I I feel like that this is this team in a lot of ways has a lot of good things going for it. But I think there's a lot of good assets on this yes. team. But I mean, you, when you have the wrong quarterback, when you have the wrong offensive coordinator. And you tried the thing is they tried to create a no excuse year for Marcus Mariota. Right, because they reta- they retained Arthur Smith when LaFleur left to try and keep as much continuity. That I think that's that's another big storyline here is between them and Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. Like making a hire just for the sake maybe continuity just for the sake of continuity isn't always the best decision to make. Hello, Derek Cutter, Jameis Winston firing Lovey Smith. Yes. And what was that Ben McAdoo thing, right? Like, not that Eli Manning oh, was yeah. like, but that was the reason they, they were like, oh, we got to keep what this offense has. We got to keep it together. Got to hire, keep, we have to, we, it's so important for us to keep this offense together that Ben McAdoo needs to be our head coach. <laughs> I don't know, Speaking man. of crap game managers, the Dallas Cowboys lost to the New York Jets. Sure did. You watch any of this game? Uh, I did. I, I got more interested in the second half, to be honest, because I was really focused on L.A. and San Francisco on the 4 o'clock slate. Sam Darnold looked great. Yep. Uh, Sam did a, a great job manipulating the pocket. Uh, I thought he did a, a, a really strong job keeping his eyes downfield. Uh, and Dallas just fell asleep. They were they were lucky to get the three points before the half when they got the uh, 62-yard field goal. With the final play of the second half or of the first half, um, Dallas is on a three-game losing streak. Uh, I think their their reputation probably got pumped a little bit by playing cream puffs the first three weeks, but I still think there's too many good pieces on the offensive line. There's too many good pieces at the skill players. Dak's too good of a quarterback for this team to have. I think through. They've got less than 10 points in the, the last three first halves of football games, I believe, was the stat that I had seen. So, like, they're not – their game planning in the first half of games is not getting the job done. There's too much talent on this team for you to start slow and put yourself in three score holes at the beginning of every game. They're banged up too, right? Uh, yeah, I know Amari, Amari got a little banged up at one point yesterday. Lyle Collins didn't play in this game. Um, I'm thinking there was, but still, there was no, yeah. your offensive, your offensive line still has, you know, the, Tyron Smith didn't play either. I don't believe because he has a high ankle sprain. But even with this interior tri- trio on your offensive line, the Jets don't have anybody that's going to beat you off the edge. <laughs> no, they don't. You you see the Jets' remaining schedule, man. I know they played the Dolphins twice, so that they helps. Two against the Dolphins. So they have okay. They have Monday Night Football coming up against the Patriots. Then they have Jags, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Bills. Holy shit! Right. <laughs> this right. team might win ten games after all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't trust Adam Gase. Listen. No. Yeah. You don't, there's one Sam. thing I know about Adam Gase. 
is Adam Gase will will win you two games you have no business winning, and he'll lose you four games you have every business winning. So Jets right now are what? One in four. Four? Yeah. 11 games to go. They'll finish six and ten. I think they'll be right there. Just enough, just enough of a of a second half sizzle to keep rolling with Adam Gase. Yep, to keep Adam Gase in town for another year and get everybody all excited about it. Inevitably, and I'm not sitting here like, listen. I know I got just got done talking about having reasonable sample size to evaluate from. I'm not talking about Gase being one and done in the Jets because it's one season. I know what this guy is from his time in Miami. Like never should have got hired to begin with. Right. Kind of bad. There's one more game I need to talk about, Joe. All right. The Houston Texans went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Two two losses in a row for the Chiefs uh, at Arrowhead. At home, yes. Very good point. Um, Houston, Deshaun Watson. I know if I were to pick an MVP right now in the NFL, it would come down to Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. I agree. Mahomes has the best stats. Uh, he just threw his first pick of the season. I think he's lost two fumbles this year. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, I, I wrote studs and duds today at the Draft Network. I talked about uh, the the start to 2019 for a lot of the young quarterbacks, like the next generation of quarterbacks in this league. And Deshaun Watson... He's got five rushing touchdowns in addition to his 12 passing touchdowns. So he's got 17 total touchdowns and five turnovers and a 107.9 quarterback rating with this offensive line, which Laramie Tunsil has helped big time playing this, the schedule that they have to this point in the season. Watson's playing as good a quarterback as anybody in the NFL right now. It's consecutive games. He didn't get sacked. Yep. That's crazy, right? Um, I thought he was – Sunday for Watson in this offense was interesting because it was pretty efficient, you know? Like, it wasn't it wasn't this game of just big shots down the field. I mean, he had plenty of plays that netted, you know, 15, 20 yards, but I thought it was just a very methodical offense. You know, even – you know, look, DeAndre Hopkins, right here it is, nine receptions for 55 yards. Even Will Fuller averaging 8.8 yards per catch. Kiki Kuti, four for 39. If, if they just – they found a way to just sustain drives over and over and over again. And, you know, I I think Kansas City has good – I mean, I know that Chris Jones was out in this game and he matters a lot. And I like a lot of the pieces they have on defense, but it's still not there yet. Joe, I have a pretty incredible stat for you. Okay. This is the first time in Deshaun Watson's career he's gone two consecutive games without being sacked. Yeah. This is only the second and third games in Deshaun Watson's career in which he has experienced zero sacks. Wow. So he's however many games he started, only three times he hasn't been sacked. Correct. He's played in 29 games in the NFL, started 28 of them because he didn't start week one in 2017 against Jacksonville. Every other game he has started, so 28 starts, he's been sacked 99 times in 28 starts. 
and this is the first time he's ever gone consecutive games. Listen to the last 14 games worth of Deshaun Watson's career. Four sacks, three sacks, four sacks, four sacks, five sacks, six sacks, four sacks, six sacks, six sacks, four sacks, two sacks, six sacks, zero, zero. I know Titus Howard got injured in this game, right? He's got like a knee sprain. He'll be out several weeks. It's a bummer. That's a bummer. So it's interesting. That's an important win for a lot of reasons for the Chiefs or the Texans, excuse me, because now they have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. So if if either right. one of those teams are they they very well that could be your your race for the two seat, right? Be interested to see what the rest of the Texans schedule looks like. My producer pull it up. They got the Colts next week. Okay. Colts. Colt, Colts coming off a of bye, by the way. Yes. Colts, uh, Raiders at at home for Houston, in Jacksonville, in Baltimore, uh, home against Indianapolis, home against the Patriots, Broncos, Titans, Bucks, Titans. That's not super soft. No, I think the the Colts won't be an easy out. Baltimore won't be an easy out. Oakland, I still don't know who the hell that football team is. They got the Patriots in there, but the last four games, Broncos, Titans, Bucks, Titans. Strong opportunity where if, if Houston can go four and two in their next six, this is a team that should be positioned for 12 and four, 11 and five. I mean, the Chiefs, I'm, I'm sure they're right in that conversation too. They, they got to play the Patriots. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, we got to figure out the, what's going on here with the Chiefs. Well, and I think, I mean, to me, that's, it's, it's those two teams and the Patriots as your potential top two seeds. And it's going to matter, right? It's home field. It's at least for the second game and it's a bye in the playoffs. I'll tell you what chiefs don't have it easy. Their next three games at Denver, whose defense has come alive a little bit, green Bay and Minnesota. They also play Chicago and New England in December yeah, this year. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a fun race. Can't wait for the Bills to go twelve and four and have the be the fifth seed. Can't wait for it, Kyle. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. It's happened before. It's gonna be the the eleven and five is the two seed. And then you have like a, a nine and seven Ravens winning the North. The Bills are going to be on the road, playing against a, a nine-win, nine-win Baltimore team. In the, the, Bills, the Bills got to take care of their own business before I say that. But yeah, you got to beat the Dolphins this week, man. That you think I'm worried about anything else besides that? No, I'm not. <laughs> we probably should have been a little worried about college football in this podcast, but that's okay. You know, we didn't. Thirty-eight minutes in, and uh, we got a lot of I, we got a lot of NFL takes. I've got a whole list full of notes on college games, and we're not going to get to any of them, but we'll, we'll sprinkle them in throughout the week. Yeah, we'll get them. Uh, I'm sure we have some takes on takes. I'm sure. Regarding that topic, and then we'll also have Wednesday to, to dig in. So some scouting follow-up. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's show. Hope you enjoyed what was a, a really engaging weekend of college, or college football and NFL. Uh, as we said, we will get around to the college stuff. Don't worry. Just not today because we had a lot of NFL takes on our plate. 
had a lot to get off our chest. Hit subscribe, come back and see us, Swinger of the Draft Network. Uh, Trevor Sikama put out his Mock Draft 2.0. Yours truly is up next week, which I am very much looking forward to, I suppose. Uh, start letting me know who you want your team to pick. And if the stars align, I'll make it happen. Kyle Crab signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.